This week I've thought a lot on the flag of our country, what it, what it means to me personally. Um, what a great nation our Lord has blessed us with. If you would this morning, I want you to turn with me. Book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 starting there in chapter 2. We're going to look at some verses of scripture here. Uh, the duty of a Christian. This passage of scripture implies what we're to be to a nation. What we're to uh, be as citizens of a nation. The duty in which Christ has bound us to. You would turn with me there. 1 Peter chapter 2 starting there in verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to thank you today. First and foremost, and that's for Jesus Christ, where true freedom reigns. Lord, we thank you today that you love us the way that you do. And Lord, I, I can't understand, I can't grasp what would ever make you love me the way that you do. But I'm so thankful for it. So Lord, I pray this morning that we would be everything you expect us to be. And Lord, we can't do that on our own, so I ask that heaven comes down. I pray that you'll move in our midst, that God, the Holy Spirit, he will move in each and every heart, starting in mind, changing things that need to be corrected, moving me in the ways of righteousness. So I ask for your cleansing this morning through Christ. And Lord, I pray that Satan be barred from this place, and I pray that in the name of Jesus, that he can't stay here. Lord, bless us in your word this morning, with your word. And it's in Christ's name I ask it. Amen. For many years, America sang, My country, tis of thee. At the beginning of each and every day, they sang them praises because it expressed an appreciation for the land where our fathers died, a land where the pilgrims pried from every mountainside. We sang, Let freedom ring. However, Something happened during the war of 1812 that changed our national tune. After being free from Britain for over 30 years, America was under attack once more. The British had came back. They captured and burned the White House and began to bomb Fort McHenry to reclaim America as their own once more. Watching the fight from a prison ship was a man named Francis Scott Key, a lawyer and a poet. The British fired bombs and rockets into the fort all night. But the Americans stood the onslaught of all the art artillery. And at dawn's early light, 
at the twilight's last gleaming. Francis Scott Key saw that despite of all the rockets' red glare, the bombs bursting in air, our flag, our flag still stood. Despite storms of explosions and all the fierceness of the fighting, the American flag was still there, tattered, torn, but still there. The Star-Spangled Banner became the anthem of our nation because it represented our quest to survive, our determination to thrive, and our fortitude to stand depending on the power of God Himself. But with that, a duty comes, Brother Joy. A duty of Christians as citizens of a nation. There's a duty that we're to carry out. Peter looked at the duty of the Christian within the sphere of his own life as a citizen of a country in which he had to live. Do you know that we have a Christian duty to our country in which we live? Do you believe that? Well, of course we do. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, Render therefore unto Caesar things that are Caesar and to th- uh, things of God to God. The instruction of the New Testament is that Christians are to be good and useful citizens of the country in which he or she lives within. Men and women are to join themselves together and agree to live under a moral law. God's Word, so that a good person may have peace to do his work and go about his or her own business, and the eagle, uh, evil may be restrained and kept from doing evil doings. According to the Word of God, life is meant by God to be an orderly business. And the state is divinely appointed to provide and maintain that order for us. The New Testament views this logically and justly. It holds that a person cannot uh, cannot accept privileges which the state provides without also accepting responsibilities and duties in which the same state demands. Make sense? A person uh, cannot in honor and decency take anything and then give back nothing. That's a democracy. Oh, we've missed that, haven't we? We've moved from that today in America. Second Thessalonians, and I remind you, Thessalonians is in the New Testament, says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now that did say that if he couldn't work. That's not what he said. It said if he wouldn't work, not couldn't work. The government, a democracy, is not only government of the people, it is also for the people and by the people. And we as Christians are to fulfill our responsibility to the United States of America as God reciting over it. 
we as Christians are to stand on what we know God's Word teaches. You see, the Christian has a higher obligation to God than even his or her country. We as citizens must on occasion make it quite clear that we will listen to God rather than man. Now I'm going to say this. That does not mean we will change anything. I want you to get this. We will make it clear that we will stand on the word of God, but that does not mean that we can change anything by making our stand. But by making the stand on what God has said, it will witness the truth of God's word. They're not changing, but we will bear witness of the truth of God's word. Now I'm going to say this as we're thinking on the theme of the flag. That's where I'm going to plant my flag. I'm just going to plant my flag right there in the truth. It'd be hard to be wrong in planting the flag, your flag, in the truth. Now I'm going to tell you this, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. We as uh, Christian Americans have a responsibility to America and uh, that is to stand on the truth of God's word. And you can say, well, it doesn't matter what you say. It's not going to change anything. And you might be right. But I can assure you, if you don't stand, it will not change. Let's place our flag in the word. When it costs us our health, when the smoke of battle has cleared out, you believe this, when that flag has been planted on that ground and the word of God, when all the smoke of battle has settled, you believe this, God had seen us through every time. When we're in a hospital room and our health may be failing, you believe this, God will see you through. When we're standing in a funeral home somewhere looking over a loved one, you believe this, God will see you through. Place your flag right there and it'll stand. Place your flag right there. But also there's a duty of Christians in society. Look there in verse 16 of this passage of chapter 2 of 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 16. As free and not using your liberties for a cloak of uh, malice or maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Now you know this. Any doctrine, any Christian doctrine can be perverted into an excuse for evil. We see it all the time. The doctrine of grace can be perverted into an excuse for sinners uh, to sin to one's own content. The doctrine of love of God can be uh, for breaking His law and say, well, He still loves me. That's perverting the doctrine. The doctrine of life uh, to come can be perverted into an excuse for neglecting a life and live like this world. And there is no doctrine so easy to pervert as that of Christian freedom. And there are hints in the New Testament that are, uh, was frequently perverted. Paul tells the Galatians that they had been called to liberty, 
but they must not use that liberty as an occasion for the flesh to do as it wills. In 2 Peter, we see those who promised, uh, were promised liberty and are themselves the slaves of corruption. So let me say this. Christians, perfect freedom is in fact the product of perfect obedience. You feel oppressed today? You know why? You're not obedient to God. Who well sums that up? The product of perfect obedience is what truly sets men free. No one is free who is a slave to his own body, his own whims, his own faults, and his own action. Liberty consists by obeying God alone. As a child of God, we are servants of the law of God so that we be Christian freedom is always conditioned by Christian responsibility. Christian's responsibility is always conditioned by Christian love. Christian love is a reflection of God's love. The child of God is free because he or she are the slaves of God. Christian freedom does not mean uh, being free to do as we like. It means being free to do as we ought to do according to God's word. Place your flag there. In America today, our churches have become spiritually anemic. Let me explain. Today, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ can quote what they've seen at the movie theater Thursday night. They can relive something that they watched on TV for word for word, tell you what was said on that television show. Many of them can uh, recite all that they heard on the radio today and cannot find in God's Word where it said God so loved the world. Something's wrong. See, that's spiritually anemic. You see, true freedom comes when a person receives Christ as king of their heart and lord of their life. Then and only then does true freedom come. We have become prayerfully anemic today in America. We have time to play ball. We have time to watch movies. We have time to be at the lake. We have time to do this and time to do that. But yet not serve nowhere a God. We're uh, prayerfully anemic. You know why? See, prayer will strengthen you to get through. We think, boy, it's bad. Everything's come down on me. It's bad. You know why we face so many troubles and tribulations and we feel that we don't have the strength to take them on? It's because we don't. Because we've not prayed enough for the strength to endure it. A prayerful man, you may look into his life and think, boy, it's terrible for him, but yet he may have joy and peace more than you do in that situation. You know why? He's prayed about it. He's not prayerfully anemic. He's built up the strength to endure whatever may come his way. But I want you to look at a summary of Christian duty. Look there in verse 17. It says, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all men. 
to us this may seem like well everyone should know that but when Paul wrote this letter it was something quite new to them at this point in time there were six million slaves in the Roman Empire everyone whom was considered in law to be not a person but a thing which has no rights whatsoever there were even doctors that were slaves the Romans decided we will just let the slaves do everything and we'll just sit around in idleness and enjoy it they didn't honor all men you believe this anytime you enslave anyone you will pay the price you may not pay today but you will pay when you do honor men it's in God's word it's what it says honor all men honor all men today we have government I mean companies that think they're going to succeed by just allowing an employee to be a number that they care nothing about today we have a government that's all about numbers it doesn't matter about the individual see that's not the way God is God's concerned about the individual first but we also see in this passage that there's love for the brotherhood look there in verse 17 it says honor all men love the brotherhood what's this talking about the dominant atmosphere of the church must always be love one of the truest definitions of the church is this it is an extension of the family the church is a larger family of God and its bond must be love Psalms 133 says behold how good how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity in unity for anything if there be someone here today that has a problem with your brother you need to go get it right right now there'll be a time of invitation make that happen brothers and sisters in Christ are never to speak ill towards the other brothers and sisters in Christ are never to gossip and tell things and take joy in the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Christ the society factor within the church is the gospel and the gospel always shows love but not only that we see in verse 17 it talks about fearing God look there honor all men love the brotherhood fear God honor the king fear God Proverbs chapter 1 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of our knowledge now the word fear here doesn't mean in terror but it does mean an awe in reverence of it is the simple fact of life that we will never reverence men. Now you listen to me. You will never reverence men until we have reverenced God. You cannot respect man and not reverence God. You've missed it. It's impossible. It is the only when God is given his proper place in the center of all things that all other things will take their proper place. If you look at your life today and say, my life is scattered. It's thrown everywhere. There's no, it's all chaos. It's all uh, restlessness. I'll tell you what you do with it this morning. Come give it to the Lord. 
Put him in his proper place and he'll put the other where it should be. He'll put it all back together for you. I'll say this today. This is where I'm going to place my flag. Now I'm going to tell you I respect uh, the American flag. I'll give my life for it. Not much, but I will do that. I'll defend it. I'll go to jail for it. That flag right there. That's what I'll do. I respect the American flag with all my heart, but let me say this. This is where I'm going to place my flag, though. My faith is in the cross, though. Now, my respect's to the flag, but my faith is in the cross. When all things fail, when governments fall, the cross still stands. I'll place my flag right there. Through the, though the earth be removed, the mountains carried into the sea, water roars, roars and rumors of wars, nations fighting against nations, the cross will still stand. I'll place my flag right there and let her stand. Right there. Although I love America, I respect the flag of the United States of America. And as Francis Scott Key wrote those words, saw those stars on that flag, tattered, burnt from battle. And my respect's there, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to place my faith in the one that came from beyond the stars. I'm going to place my faith as Francis Scott Key as he looked upon those stripes on that flag. I'm going to place my faith in the one that bore my stripes. That's where I'll stand. That's where I'm going to stand. Then we see that it says honor the king. Verse 17 goes on, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Today in America, whether you like him or not, the president of the United States is under attack by repubates. With filth in their heart, they've set out, they have no other plans to run America today. The whole thing is to impeach somebody. They're paid to run a country, govern a country, and abide by the laws of a country, and yet that's not what we get, and everybody says they're right. The whole place is a mess. You know why? They hadn't placed their flag in the right spot. They're not placing it on the right ground. We see here that we're to, uh, verse 17 says, it says, honor the king. Do you know who the king was? Do you know who the king was during this time that Peter wrote this? Nero. He hated Christians more than anything. He said he is God. But yet Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, honor the king. Now, it didn't say obey his commands. It just said you honor him. You know, Peter believed as I do uh, because the word of God uh, so tells us that no one gets anything nor goes any place except where God allows. You know why Nero was king? Because God allowed him to be. Just that simple. Now, I'm not saying it's always his will what he allows. But it is because God allowed it. As we've celebrated this week, the 4th of July, the independence of a nation, we've seen all the things that God's blessed the United States of America to do. 
And I believe each and every one of us has a flag. Where will you stick yours in the ground at? Where will you place your flag? I want to place mine on the winning ground. No matter what comes against it, no matter if everyone thinks that it's going to fold up or it's been conquered, I'm going to plant my ground on the solid rock and I will gain victory there. How about you? Dear Heavenly Father, we've come to you this morning. I pray that we've been obedient to you. Pray we've been reverent, honored you. Lord, now as we come to this time of invitation, I pray that you would move in each and every heart that we would be willing to allow you to move in each and every heart that your will be done that we would put all of our motives all of our thoughts all of our plans to the wayside and allow you to have us where will we place our flag this morning I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ask everyone to stand.